We'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for October 12, 2014. Um, just, you know, I have to almost do this now, like, as I'm doing studies, I have to constantly keep rechecking the news. And, and here's, you know, Drudge Report. It's, this is the main thing on Drudge. It's the main thing on CNN. Um, and in Drudge, obviously, you're typically going to get a much broader, less biased group of, of um, news links. And it's the the first one is don't panic. New Ebola patient was wearing full protective gear. CDC there was a protocol breach. Um, confidence in healthcare system shaken. Cities and states scramble. Another patient taken to Boston now. And again, this is just what they're admitting to. Uh, officials quarantine medical facility. I wonder what that one is. Okay, so this is about the one in Boston. I'm going to go ahead and play this. This just came out. Patient released. They they totally locked down this hospital. Um, patient with Ebola symptoms is being taken to Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center, according to Harvard Vanguard Medical Associations. During a press conference outside of Beth Israel, officials said the patient will undergo an evaluation to determine whether Ebola is a possible cause of the patient's symptoms. If warranted, the hospital will test for Ebola and send the collected material to the CDC. And this patient had just traveled from Liberia and came to the facility complaining of headaches and muscle aches. And again, we're doing no screening of these, no real screening of these people coming back from, from Liberia. There was just another interview with a medical doctor today that was literally over there for a long time and they just basically didn't do anything. Even though she had literally been in a... a Liberian, she told them that, you know, they're just, they're wanting to spread this. If it's evil, like I always say, if it's evil, they're going to give it a pass. They're going to do the minimal amount to prevent evil. They might give a little show. If it's righteous or good, oh, they're, they're going to be just all over. They're, they're going to be absolutely just bonkers. You're going to go to jail. You're going to, 30 days in the electric chair, you know, the whole nine yards. You try to do any type of alternative, promote that. To, to actually build up your immune system, that's just an example. Oh no, no, no! You're 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 Satan's seed, essentially. And and again, where we live in a society where righteousness and good and truth is absolutely abhorred by by the the, the mainstream media, by people like Obama and you know the Illuminati and all their satanic minions, and 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 that's what we're we're dealing with here. So it's showing all of these these um, fire trucks and stuff around this Harvard Vanguard Medical Associates. Twelve noon, and um, you know, went in as usual, was upstairs, and they told us, you know, they were a little behind. It was going to be a little bit of a wait, so we were like, okay, whatever. And then people walking through with gowns on and um, in masks. This is a patient that was just there, I guess, seeking treatment, and this is what she was witnessing inside. And then. Some, you know, one of the ladies had yelled out that there was an emergency going on, which kind of panicked all of us. My mom actually called my cell phone and said, get out right now. That Can you imagine? This is one patient they suspect has Ebola. And they, they've got the whole, like, they've got yellow tape around the hospital. I mean, this is one patient paralyzing a whole medical, you know, you really don't want the place you'd actually go to get treatment to be paralyzed, you know, when you get there. 
But that's the reality. There is an Ebola scare. There was a woman in the, um, in the parking lot, and they said that a patient had gone in with Ebola, that he had just returned from Liberia. So I told her to get out right away. They wouldn't let us leave. They quarantined us and didn't really give us any information, but I just wish that the doctor's office had handled it a little bit better. They couldn't tell me whether or not I should stay or leave, and that... Well, I guess they let him go, but again, you think about it. If you're trying to propagate the disease... You're gonna, you're, you're not gonna hold these people in. Like I said last week with that plane flight, There's that guy that 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 could have had it there. They let him, they let him go into the terminal, sit there for hours, hoping. Well, then again, they're not gonna be, they're not gonna be contagious that early on. Obviously, they're not showing symptoms at that point. But just the fact that they let them all go, I mean, without even really knowing what the guy had, I mean, this is just a, a total potential, like. Just train wreck in motion. Panicked me. I was like, why can't you just tell me that? And I ended up walking out, and they were like, well, it's, you know, it's on, if you want to leave, it's it's on your own behalf. No one's really told us what to do. They just said, take a shower and, and check your temperature for the next 21 days. Get your tested? Yeah, get, get a bar Irish spring and take a good shower, you know? I mean, well, that, that's that's the advice. Or anything? Did they check you? No, I ended up leaving right Do away. Do you have any fears that you could have possibly contracted Ebola? Well, I know it's not it's not airbo- airborne, but the fact that it's um, bodily fluids. I mean, <laughs> I mean, again, you know, one sneeze. Don't tell me it's not airborne. It surely is airborne from that regard. But she doesn't know any better. I mean, I don't know if he was, you know, coughing and had secretions on his hands, and he was, you know in the same waiting room as I was, um, makes me a little bit nervous, yeah. What I want to get out to everybody, just being in the healthcare profession, is that you need to call. You need to call and contact the the doctor's office before you even get out of your cab, before you even come, you know, because you don't, you, you don't want to expose all these innocent people to this disease. It's just, it's horrifying. Oh, and, and I agree with her. I mean, I, I that's common sense. I mean, it's like doing to others as you have done unto yourself. You know, the, you you don't want to you don't want to go in there and, and, and if you if you had something literally I mean that's the ultimate in self centeredness. You know, if you ask me, and the thing is, is there is probably no other disease I have ever seen, no other sickness like this where you so become a a agent of spreading it. Particularly the further it advances. I mean, you've got every bodily fluid just about you can think of thrashing around, particularly in the end stages, throwing this stuff everywhere, coming out of you. I mean, and its potential for spread from that standpoint is just off the scale. You know, if you were literally in the same room as somebody that was in like end-stage Ebola symptoms. I mean, it's... It's uh, really heavy duty in that regard. So let's go back to the study here. And um, uh, let's see. Okay, so let's go further into uh, what the subjects we're talking about today here. This is from Live Free or Die, and it's Special Ops Dire Ebola Warning. Ebola vaccine is the trigger for the plague. Now, again, I'm not going to say all of this is the gospel truth, but... This does line up with much of the research that we've reported on in the past. So, this would fit that narrative. We recently received the following email from John 
DiNardo, who has requested that it be published in full. The email contains information gleaned from a special ops source within the United States military who warns that Ebola vaccine is most likely the trigger for the coming Ebola plague. Now remember, we don't have an Ebola vaccine yet. They're in the very early stages of preliminary testing. Okay, and they said that it wouldn't be available till the earliest would be January. Okay, and even then it's going to be unbelievably untested. Well, we can pray a whole lot between now and then, and um, we can also educate a whole lot of people between now and then, because if enough people know that this thing is death, literally death, on a soda cracker, sorry, but if they know that it's actually the, the, the instrument of our demise, if enough people are educated on that, and there's enough pushback, they're not going to be able to implement this. Not like they want to. And that's the key. It's why big reason why I do what I do. So, um, <clears throat> let's go further here. I received the following information from an ex- ex-military guy whom I have known for about eight years. He served in special operations. I'm recalling some of the many things he said. He suspects that the 1,600 U.S. Army troops who were recently sent to Africa, it's way more than that now. I mean, it's like four or 5,000 sent to Africa to contend with the Ebola threat are to be exposed to this Ebola virus, which is not the true Zaire Ebola virus, but a man-made variant, and you'll find out why in a moment. Now remember, we've already had that confirmed from three sources, that this is some type of GMO, man-made, weaponized Ebola virus. Okay. Now, I've confirmed that in many of the last studies I've done from different sources, and we've also confirmed it. Now, this is the third time we've mentioned that in this study. Okay, so out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, the Bible says a thing is established. So it seems to be clearer and clearer that this is, <laughs> this is all done by design, just like the AIDS retrovirus. Um, let's go further. And that these troops, ah, the troops will be injected with this new Ebola vaccine. Now, listen, that is absolutely, 100%, classically what they do, okay? I've had tons of listeners email me saying, you know, I had dozens and dozens and dozens of vaccines while I was in the Navy, the Army, while I was in the Middle East, and according to the... Uh, executive order that Clinton passed when he was in office, and I used to, I had that in my presentation on avian flu, the actual number. Um, if you're in the military, you have to take whatever vaccine they tell you to take, and you cannot even ask, you have no right to refuse it, and you cannot question what's in it either. That's, now that's some, that's, that's really treating our troops right, you know. Why? Because they are the first-line guinea pigs. They're the ones that are going to be treated the worst. They own you lock, stock, and barrel in the military, and you're going to have to do what they say. They own you, essentially. And so, this would totally fit with that narrative anyway. And so, they would, they would have to take this vaccine. Now, this is his take on it. I'm not saying that this is what's going to happen, but I try to put out potential scenarios. This is what this particular gentleman is saying. He's saying they will be injected with this new Ebola vaccine while they're over there, which will subdue the specific virus. Okay. However, recalling his victimization as a virus vector in the army, meaning he probably was vaccinated to the gills. Now, and again, I didn't really finish what I said, but so many of these people that were 
that are vaccinated, some of, a lot of them die. A lot of them are crippled. A lot of them have to be discharged. The one guy, that, the last one that emailed me, I mean, he was devastated. He was in the Navy. He, he got, I mean, like one day, he got like 20 vaccines or something. It was unbelievable. He was devastated. He's, he'll never be the same, physically. I mean, unless God were to touch him and heal him and purge him of all that poison and all the damage that it's done, he will never be the same. And that's just, that's standard procedure in the military. Um, so, however, recalling his victimization as, as a virus vector, meaning he was a, a vector, meaning he was a transportation vice, device for um, viruses in the army, he suspects that this anti-Ebola vaccine will be given to these U.S. soldiers in Africa, and just as they did to him, this vaccine will also contain a, quote, trigger element. These soldiers who have unwittingly been made virus vectors, meaning they're, they're going to be the actual transportation incubation chambers for this virus, will then come home to the United States, and many of them will be discharged. Thus, thusly, they will be dispersed to all areas of the United States. This man told me when these vectors, vector soldiers come home to the United States, pathogens will be later released into the atmosphere, perhaps in the chemtrails, and or in the ground releases, such as subway systems or major cities, um, and then the latter plot has already been perpetrated in the New York su- subway system when they released the Serata Marcensens bacteria, which was encapsulated in light bulbs and tossed into uh, subways. This diabolical plot is documented in the book Clouds of Secrecy by Professor Leonard Cole of Rutgers University. Anyway, going back to the main story, my ex-military friend told me that the trigger element planted in the U.S. Ebola, the U.S. soldiers... Um, via the Ebola vaccines in Africa, will then recombine in their bodies with the pathogen that is to be released throughout the United States. Now, again, this is a scenario I have also talked a lot about. Okay? Having binary and tertiary, binary means two and tertiary means three, agents. Listen, they're not going to, as I've said in the past, it's not that they want you to go up to your local, you know, CVS or Walgreens pharmacy and, and get your get your Ebola shot and you walk out dead. No, no, no. Who's going to go in for that? But if they can get you to go in there and get the vaccine first, and then they do some type of controlled release in your area, and then maybe something else, then it's not going to look like the one is related to the other. They're going to be able to come out smelling like a rose in that regard. Satan is smart at what he does, and he's calculated in how he wants to kill us. So, please bear that in mind. And I'm not saying the, the, the vaccine isn't bad enough by itself. But when you have these other agents, these other binary or tertiary agents, which serve to actually activate what's in the vaccine, that's when you're going to run into mass genocide. Now remember, again... Going back to the avian flu presentation, Spanish flu of 1918-1919 that killed at least 50 million, probably more like 100 million worldwide. Um, who were the ones that were dropping dead, according to eyewitness accounts? The ones that were vaccinated. Eyewitness accounts said, and I, I give you, like, I think three or four eyewitness accounts in the, in the presentation. You can, you can go, um, fact, and I, I've given you the links in the past, but if you go up to my website, and um, contendingfortruth.com, and you scan down the right side. Because this, I mean, again, I keep going back to this because it's so pertinent to what we're talking about today. It's it's so timely. And and um, you go to alternative site on the right side of my site, you click on it, you go to one of my listener sites, 
God bless him. He put up current events in BibleStudy.blogspot.com. Um, and he's got my pandemic and preparedness teachings. He's got all my teachings I've done up here. And um, you scroll, scroll down the right side and you click on Avion Flu, Killer of Millions. It's a little bit disjointed, the way it's presented. You're, you're kind of like going to go into a little bit to the start and then you're going to go back to the start. Um, anyway, if you watch the thing in totality, you'll see some slides in there where I give you these eyewitness accounts of the of this thing. You can also find it online, but you're in this one you can actually see me talk. I'm not saying that's a benefit. Um, on the presentation I did in Topeka, Kansas. But in the ones online, if you just did uh, Dr. Scott Johnson, Avion Flu, you'd find it there, but it's more just a pure PowerPoint presentation. Anyway, you can see them both. Eyewitness accounts of the only people that were dropping dead were the ones that got the vaccines. Hale and Hardy one day, dead of of something that resembled the Black Death Plague the next. It worked that quick. They don't... See, back then, you didn't have CNN. You didn't have TV. You, you, you know, you didn't have all of these communication medias. This stuff could be suppressed a lot easier. Because they... they um, there wasn't this mass information exchange that was going on on a moment-by-moment basis. They could not get away with that now. They've got to be much more calculated in the way they try to kill us off this time around. They cannot do what they did in 1918, 1919. People are going to wise up way too quick, and they're going to stop going along with the program. Okay? Bear in mind, I believe that's the key reason why this has been so covert and so like sly and so and and so calculated and thought out and and um, so evil and maniacal. Whereas what they did in 1918, 1919 with the Spanish flu, I think this is the big difference. So anyway, um, let's go further. Um, so he's saying in this letter, he says in the product of this recombination. Uh, after they've after they've, they've vaccinated soldiers and then they're exposed to a pathogen released in the United States, the product of this recombination of the pathogen will be a deadly biological weapon of mass extermination, calculated and designed to go airborne and thus will be highly contagious. I believe meaning going airborne meaning that whatever recombines in their bodies will be readily airborne transmissible via like coughing and that type of thing. Remember, the Batman comic book series of 1996 foretelling in a symbolic storyline this diabolical plot for mass extermination of the American population. And in that, I believe it was something to the effect of something where you had to have like a certain hairspray and a certain toothpaste. It's not going to be hairspray and toothpaste. Okay, that's way, there'd be way too, that'd be way too hard to infect everybody or to infect masses of people. But if you're doing chemtrails, everybody's pretty much breathing the same air, you know, or the city water system. And let's say you go and you go to any type of, even if it's something like Panera Bread or whatever, and, and you've got something to eat there, they're not, they're not, um, they might filter their water, but it's still, you know, unless they're, whatever they're going to put into the water system, you're probably not going to be able to remove it with filtration. It might be like fluoride, extremely hard to get out. They're going to want to make sure that this is done the right way for maximum death and destruction. It's just my opinion. Uh, so that's something to also think about. 
you see the flu vaccine also contains the trigger element. And now he's going to the flu vaccine here. So I don't know if that's where they're saying will be the trigger of another vaccine. This is, this is him speculating, is what I believe. Um, obviously, I think that's what we're dealing with. But he brings up some good points, points I have covered in the past. So I just kind of wanted to, I don't know, refresh our memories about this particular subject with these trigger, these binary and tertiary elements that they may employ to really get things ramped up here. Anyway, he says, you see, the flu vaccine also contains the trigger elements, which when injected into thousands of victimized vectors will recombine within the bodies of some of these vectors to make a lethal but non contagious virus which will become air which will become an airborne mutant of that virus. Again, it's a little disjointed the way he's presenting this, but I think you get the point what we're trying to make here, hopefully. Um, my contact also believes that the recent ushering in of thousands of children from Central America across the Texas border near San Antonio is part of a very the very same plot that is being perpetuated against our US soldiers now the 5,000 that Obama's put over there. And I suspect that the ushering in of thousands of illegal Mexicans across the border is likewise another part of this very same diabolical plot of mass extermination of the American population. So again, now we're tying back into that as well, the whole illegal alien thing, which we just covered. Um, That's why I do these studies in the way I do them. I'm trying to really do a lot of cross-confirmation here of what we're talking about. So, let's go further. In fact, InfoWars.com reporters have confirmed the Centers for Disease Control is spearheading an unprecedented roundup of illegal Mexicans. And you can't say they're Mex- all Mexicans. A lot of them could be uh, a lot of them from the Middle East now. But illegal aliens who are exhibiting flu-like symptoms. InfoWars.com is asking a vital question. Where are the CDC's disease agents taking all of these illegal, apparently diseased Mexicans, actually illegal aliens, my military... Special Operations Vaccine Victimized Contact told me that he has learned that those thousands of Central American children are being, and again, they're not all just children, okay? Uh, Actually, that's a small percentage in in the aggregate of of, um, the ones that are coming over. Um, They're being housed at Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio near the Texas border. He believes that these um, illegal aliens are likewise being infected and injected with the trigger element as part of the diabolical plot to exterminate American population. Hey, you've got two captive audiences that'll pr- pretty much do whatever you tell them to do. You've got the American military. A lot of them would be just really scared of being over there and, and, will, and will get injected with whatever they're being told to just from the fact out of fear. Not, you know, if they're not educated on the subject. Then you've got these illegal aliens who are totally at the mercy of our government. <laughs> what better scenario could you ask for if you were Satan? You know, then you've got ISIS, you've got other, uh, only God knows who all the other people coming up through the, through the border, all the other Muslim terrorists, the, the Mexican and the Central American drug cartels. You've got ISIS who said they'll infect themselves with Ebola and, and, we, and are going to bring all kind of biological agents and release them all at once. It's a wonder this hasn't happened sooner, you know, but and anyway... Let's go further here. Uh, he believes that these children, okay, are, are likewise infected and being injected with the trigger elements, and um, as a diabolical plot to exterminate the American population. The sick, illegal aliens who today are being rounded up and sequestered by the CDC are probably also being bought, brought to uh, Lackland Air Force Base, and Lackland or some similar place is where all the ill 
illegal aliens are probably being sequestered for vaccination with the trigger element that will later make the disease go lethally airborne. And so we begin to realize, and then again, they can blame it on the illegal aliens. They can blame it on the troops that came back and brought it back, some mutated version that was literally, the only reason it became mutated is because they got the vaccination. They got the mutated version that was just waiting for the trigger element. See how I'm saying they're really, really taking their time with this new one to make sure that they come out smelling like a rose so that everybody will do what they say, so that everybody won't mind all of the roundups going on and all of the gun confiscation and all of the, all of the incredibly illegal, heinous things that the government is getting ready to perpetuate on humanity. They won't near as much want to question that, you know. It's something like really in your face, like just some Obama come out saying, well, you know what, I'm just going to declare dictatorship and I'm going to take all your guns. No, 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 no. They don't want to, they don't, they want to try to go by. And so again, I think it's important. We pray that all of their evil plans, that every bit of, of all of this diabolical, evil, malevolent planning, that it, that, um, that it gets exposed, that it, that it gets just destroyed. All of their planning is exposed, destroyed, comes to naught, is not able to be implemented. That every bit of what, whatever wickedness they're trying to put into these vaccines, that it becomes inert. You could pray like that. But whatever they're trying to do just literally becomes inert. Whatever they're putting in those needles, whatever they're going to be spraying on us, that it all is inert. It, it doesn't have any effect. It doesn't... God could do that easily. I don't know if that's his will. I don't know. But you can pray that way. And I think it's important considering this scenario that we're, we're looking at here. Um, and so we begin to realize that this vaccination victimization of our soldiers in Africa is for the very same purpose as that of ushering in many thousands of illegal aliens across the Texican, Texas and Arizona borders um, I'll say New Mexico too, and as that of ushering of many thousands of Central American children across our borders, we have yet more indications that this diabolical American genocide plot, indeed this global genocide plot, is now underway. Um, Beforeitsnews.com recently broke a story of the disease epidemic at Lackland Air Force Base, an epidemic that is now kept under a veil of tight secrecy, enforced by ominous threats against the insiders at Lackland, and then we also have reports that people fleeing Africa are being given easy entry into the United States. Yeah, well, look at the screening procedures. You know, TSA is as big brother as you possibly could get. But when it comes to Ebola, hey, we're, we're going we're gonna to just, you know, we're going to take a casual approach to this. Now, you know Al-Qaeda is probably hiding in that 97-year-old wheel-bound, wheelchair-bound granny's underwear. And that's why we have to, you know, go, go check her, her underwear. Because Al-Qaeda might be hiding in there. But... Or, or that little kid, that little baby looks really suspicious. He's giving me the eyeball. Oh, oh, we need, we need to, we need to really, really do a serious, you know, um, body, full body scan, pat down, the whole nine yards, interrogation of that baby and the 97-year-old granny in the wheelchair. But hey, when it comes to Ebola, come one, come all. Hey, we wouldn't want to discriminate against the Ebola virus. That would be wrong on so many levels, as we all know. Okay, that wouldn't be politically correct, and it would be just as wrong to discriminate against that as to discriminate against an ISIS beheading rapist Muslim terrorist coming into our airports wanting to kill us all because they have every right to do that. Every right. Okay, we have no rights as law abiding 
trying to be law-abiding, righteous Americans, or, or, or wherever you may be law-abiding, righteous people. No, 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 no. no, no. In this brave new world, wickedness is rewarded, and, and righteousness is, is considered, you know, just beyond evil. Everything's backwards. The Bible says, one of them to call good, evil, and evil, good. And this is the, the environment we, we pretty much live in now. So, let's go further here. We also have reports of people fleeing Africa being given easy entry into the United States. More desire fuel to feed the fires of the contagious. See, this is coming at us from a lot of different angles. And, and what our government is doing is making sure that there is much that there is as much unhindered access of Ebola, of the of the illegal aliens, of the diseases they bring, of ISIS, of the Muslim terror cells that are prepositioning themselves and have been for decades. They, they want to make sure there's as much unhindered and unfettered access of those wonderful dear people as possible so that when they're ready to implement their agenda, they'll have all their satanic troops in place. Now, I'm not saying every illegal alien that's come here is satanic, okay? But they may be carrying vectors of, you know, these things and not even know it, and then therefore be used in that whole genocidal plot against America. And what's going to go on here is going to happen in the rest of the world. Okay, so this would apply, I I think, in a certain respect, disproportionately to America, because this is one of the last bastions of... I don't know what you want to call it, freedom, um, that exists in the world. And they want to take out the middle class. And they want to create their ultra-poor and their ultra-rich. And they want to you know, have nothing in between. And this is how I've always believed the most logical way to go about that. They're doing it in such a way, though, where it's so... It's diabolically brilliant. You know? While they're doing it, I would have, I could have never even conceived of something this wicked and this evil. But Satan can, you know, he's a fallen angel. He's been around a long time, and um, this has his hoof marks all over it, as far as I can see. Um, <clears throat> this is more desired fuel to feed the fires of the contagion. My contact tells me that airports in twenty-four more U.S. cities have just added welcome centers for passengers from Africa. Well, okay, I don't know about that, but. What he's saying. Anyway, that was from John DiNardo. Um, and then this next part of this says, in March of 2009, pharmaceutical giants Baxter and Bayer, <laughs> Bayer is just one of the, literally one of the, the, the main driving forces behind Hitler. It wasn't known as Bayer back then. It was known as IG Farben. And it was the main financial force behind Hitler. It split into three different companies after World War II. Bayer, Hoist, and, uh, BASF, those three companies, in order to get the spotlight off it, it's split into those three companies. Bear, Bear is as wicked of, and as evil of a company. The, you know, you Bear Aspirin, the same people, just so beyond evil and wicked, still to this very day. You know, anyway, the pharmaceutical giants Baxter and Bear attempted to infect the populations of 18 countries with a deadly laboratory man made bird flu, which, when introduced to sizable populations, was certain to mutate and or recombine with non-lethal airborne seasonal flu viruses and vaccines, which health departments of nations typically disperse to their citizenries. I reported on this um, at length, okay, about this. This is when they were really trying to revive the whole bird flu. Okay, so, uh, the, and you can even do keyword searches where you, if you do uh, Baxter, 
you probably find the, my reports I did from, uh, I believe, 2009 on this. Anyway, this means that the lethal but non-airborne bird flu virus would become airborne to unleash a worldwide plague via the masses who are deceived into clamoring for this vaccine, their perceived agent of protection, which would have ironically been the agent of their demise, meaning the vaccine. However, the 18 victimized nations detected the lethality of this Baxter Bear Trojan horse concoction and voiced strong objections to this genocidal plot of Big Pharma, and today a comparably malicious plot is being foisted upon the world. Judging by their past treachery, we can be sure that this deadly Ebola virus has been concocted in a laboratory and was released by the same demonic perpetrators sitting atop the pyramid of world power who tried to murder us with the lethally spiked seasonal flu vaccine five and a half years ago. So again, this is something that has really been, they, they've taken a lot of shots at this, but it's never been able to get off the ground. Thanks to really the mercy of God, I would have to say, and, and hopefully to a certain extent to the prayers of the righteous going up that found out about this, that were able to move the hand of God for divine intervention. And um, that's, that's what I believe happened there. Okay, so let's go on to the next part here, and it's this just came out real recently. Ebola patients and exposed persons to be sent to death camps according to HHS documents. It's by Dave Hodges. Now again, I think he puts out a lot of good information. But man, oh live, it's all, always, nothing but doom and gloom combined with zero faith in God. I'm sorry, but that's what you get. Uh, great info. Uh, basically, you know, no real mention of God I can see. Not, not that I'm perceiving in any way, shape, or form. Um, so, again, this is why I start out like today with, Psalm 91, in that perspective, let's not get, <laughs> let's not just look at this one aspect of it, if Satan had every single thing he wanted his way, this is the way it's going to go down, okay, um, this starts out by saying, when Ebola strikes American force, it will set in motion a cascade of catastrophic events. This article has a very narrow focus in that it will subsequently focus on how Ebola will impact the healthcare system once the nation moves beyond the condition of having only a few victims and attempts at isolation will quickly turn to quarantine. This article is a combination of re repeating what I've been told by a key insider source and the partial collaboration of this data through the results of what I've been found in my own research. In the early days of the Ebola outbreak, mandatory vaccinations similar to what was reported on in yesterday's article, and uh, you'd have to reference this website for that, will be instituted. Now hold on. In the early days of Ebola, we're pretty much in that right now. And they've said, and I've reported on the vaccine, they said it, they won't have it until January. Okay? I don't see how they're going to all of a sudden say next month there's an Ebola vaccine. Because that would be totally not what they've been telling us. As far as, you know, when the timeline is. They've been pretty firm about that. Um... There's not enough panic yet. Uh, I could be wrong, okay? I'm not so, oh, all of a sudden, yo, guess what? We got an Ebola vaccine. Just kind of appeared. Some guy opened a box of Lucky Charms that are magically delicious. And it, the Ebola cure was in there. Big syringe. He had Ebola really bad. He was eating his last bowl of Lucky Charms he ever thought he was going to eat. It was, like, it was his last meal. And he found this 
gigantic syringe filled that said Ebola vaccine on the side of it. He did it and magically, you know, um, no pun intended, he was cured. The little guy in the Lucky Charms box appeared to him. He had a few little conversation with the guy. Um, he poofed out of sight and, and he was cured. So, I mean, I don't see that happening like before January. Okay, I, 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 I could be wrong. I'm telling you what they've told us in that regard. And I don't see how this is going to happen overnight. Okay, um, but anyway, he's saying in the early days of an, of an Ebola outbreak, mandatory vaccination, similar to what was reported on, will be instituted. My sources tell me that they believe that about 90% of the nation will be vaccinated in less than a week. Come on. 90% in a week. That means, do you realize what that means? That Right now, they're saying that they don't have a vaccine. They're saying that they should, uh, from the testing they're doing, they should have maybe something by January. That doesn't mean they're all ramped up. and They couldn't say that they've got it all made by then because they haven't even done the testing. I'm just hoping if they were to try to foist something like that on humanity, people would be screaming, pointing out, you haven't tested this. There is no way you could have this stuff unless you had it done ahead of time, you lying fork-tongued devils. I'm hoping that that will be pointed out. And screamed about from the highest mountaintops. If they were to try to do something like that. We know it's going to be death. We know it's going to be evil. That's not even debatable. But I'm talking about timelines here. So, 90% in a week, when we don't even have vaccine one yet, and, and logistically speaking... 90% in one week when you've got an epidemic and everybody is freaked out of their mind that they're going to catch it. And so many of the people will not even leave their house no matter what they're being told because they're afraid they're going to catch it. They're like, well, if I go out of my house, I'm, I'm a dead man. I'll, I'll take the risk of, of not going to the vaccine center. I, I don't I don't believe, I don't think that's... It's the one thing I, I can't... I don't like about the way he writes. It's like all of these worst case scenarios. Okay, but there's a lot of hold on. There's a lot of there's a lot of holes in this thing here. How they're going to be able to pull something off like that so quickly? Come on. I mean, they can't even institute a national ID card because of all the public backlash over over just that alone. And this is far worse than a national ID card. Vaccinating the population, ninety percent of the population, one week for Ebola, and they've been trying to institute the national ID card ever since I've been on air. Before that, I just, I don't see it. With as many people as are waking up and are being educated, I have a real hard time believing that. Okay, that might be what Satan plans. That doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. Particularly if prayer is going up. Particularly if. God intervenes in any way, shape, or form. You're talking about a logistical nightmare from top to bottom here. Ebola will shut down everything. Everything. And so, it's not like everybody, it's just going to be smooth sailing. Oh yeah, everybody be traveling freely and going from here to there and everywhere. And, you know, there will be no gas. There will be no goods being transported. The, the grocery stores will be shut down. The highways will probably be shut down. There will be checkpoints everywhere. Come on. How are you going to do that? 
in one week of 90% of the population, when you don't even have vaccine one made yet, unless you're totally lying to us and you've got it all stockpiled, which I want to put it past them. In fact, that would almost make sense, but they're going to have a real hard time explaining that to the American populace when they've ahead of time said, we don't have a vaccine, we're just in the initial testing stages. You understand what I'm saying about that? They're going to have to pull off some absolutely total colossal lies to, to pull that off in short order. And I don't even think if they're, they're going to be able to do it that quick. I just I don't believe it. As I pointed out yesterday, there is legislation sweeping the country, making vaccinations of all kinds mandatory to hold a job or to even avoid being quarantined as a precautionary procedure. Now, listen, I've got listeners. They work in the medical profession. They've emailed me. They're like, listen, they're telling me i got to take this vaccine or, or uh, i get, I got to quit. I'm like, well, you know what my answer is going to be. <laughs> I am never, ever, ever going to tell anybody to take any vaccine, knowing what I know about vaccines, knowing what I've reported on about vaccines, ever, for any reason. You know, I don't know what they cultured that thing off. Who knows, I mean, the, you know, the ingredient list... I mean, yeah, I, I, uh, you have the labels and stuff, but who knows what else they might be putting in there. So I've had several people quit their jobs. You know? I don't feel bad about the advice I gave them. It's the advice I would take myself or I would give to any close family member. I'm not telling them to do something I wouldn't do myself. So... That's true. In the medical profession, it's getting to the point where you have to do what they tell you to do. You're in that profession. That's a very specific field. Anyway, let's go further. My sources tell me the federal authorities believe that about 65% will voluntarily show up at various public venues. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that we could, through public education, really get that number a whole lot lower. I pray to the Lord Jesus Christ. That they have just unbelievably horrific compliance. It's not like... I mean, Obama's got what they're admitting to, a 39% approval rate. Okay? That's what they admit to. I believe it's probably much lower. Because they're always going to highball something like that. Well, if you've got the most untrusted president and regime that, that this country's ever had, most likely, and he's the one telling you to go get your vaccines... I mean, there's going to be a certain amount of people just from that standpoint alone that won't do it. Um, 65% vaccinated at public venues, schools, and willingly take the vaccines. DHS estimates that about 35% of the country will resist taking the coming vaccines, and then enforcement mechanisms, i.e. roadblocks, will be instituted. Vaccine roadblocks. Yeah. The vaccine police will be present in all gatherings of people in which the vaccination ID cards must be shown in order to attend an event. I mean, I'm just telling you flat out, this is, this is life or death for me. I'll take a bullet for this. I'm not taking it. You know? It's like the mark of the beast. I view this almost like the mark of the beast. I'm not saying it is, but I'm t- telling you, whatever they got planned with this next bad boy, it is going to be something that I believe changes you genetically. This is what they've all been working toward. Not only bringing a curse on you, but all kind of foreign DNA. Not to mention all the heavy metals, but only God knows what they're actually going to put in this thing. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you flat out. Absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. I've just accepted this. 
And, and again, when you get to the point where you accept it, and it's like, I'm not trying to preserve my life anymore, it's really liberating. It's like, you know, may the Lord's will be done. Absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I am not going to get up here and not practice what I preach. So, that's me. You don't got to do what I tell you. Um, but I'm just telling you that this is straight from the pit of hell, in my opinion. And whatever they're going to do in this next vaccine, whatever benefit you may receive as far as freedom to travel, whatever, is going to not even compare with the price you're going to most likely have to pay on a, only God knows what level, body, soul, and spirit. I don't even know. But I've been warning about this a long time, and this one with all the stuff that I've been getting into with this thing about the rabies and the, and the Ebola and how that ties into I Am Legend, the movie, and how, <laughs> uh, yeah, they had a cure for cancer and everybody's, everybody got it, whiz-bang, everybody on the planet, global, huh, they all turn out to be ra- uh, all turned into zombies, but hey, they, they were cancer-free zombies at least, I mean, hey, you know, come on. Membership has its privileges. I'm a cancer-free zombie. Yes, I'm a zombie, but I'm a cancer-free zombie. So it, it doesn't have its perks and its benefits. You know. Anyway, so let's go further. Um, let's see. The vaccine police will be present to at all gatherings of people in which the vaccine ID cards will be shown in order to attend an event. I have been, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm getting this out here, so hopefully we can push back against this. Prayer, education of others, and whatever other way the Lord convicts you. I have been made privy to this fact that the federal authorities believe that they can vaccinate 90% of the population, while 10% of the non-vaccinated people will remain at large until the outbreak of the pandemic conditions reaches the level of declared martial law. Now, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. To me, you've already if you've already got vaccine roadblocks, you've got martial law. you got martial law way before mandatory vaccinations, if you ask me. I think he's putting the cart before the horse. Wouldn't you want to institute martial law, put everything on lockdown, and then say they're mandatory? He's saying it's the opposite way around. Uh, no, that doesn't make sense to me. I would think the I would think the mandatory vaccines is the most heinous thing they've proposed so far, worse than martial law, in my estimation. Therefore, I would, I would be of the thinking that they would institute martial law first, really start to crank up on the um, lockdown of travel, the big brother aspect, then say the vaccines are mandatory once they've instituted that. If you could move about freely and get, get to your bug out location where, you know, there may be a much much lower likelihood of them, quote, finding you, wouldn't you want to do that first and then say the vaccines are mandatory so that you've restricted travel prior to that? I'm just trying to think logically here. I don't know. Anyway, um, the spread of Ebola will devastate the healthcare system and the healthcare system attempting to avoid complete devastation by being overwhelmed by the Ebola pandemic will move into survival mode and attempt to preserve its own shelf life. The, the healthcare industry's self-protective move will have devastating consequences on the American people. If one Ebola patient shows up at a hospital emergency room... Oh, and also, I want to thank everybody that's prayed for us, because I know a lot of people do, I know a lot of my listeners do, and I don't say this enough, but everybody that's prayed for us, that's donated to this ministry, that, that has 
you know, interceded on on our behalf. I, I just praise the Lord Jesus Christ for you. I really truly believe that that is absolutely, most likely, the main reason that I've been able to do this as long as I have been able to do it and say the things that I've been able to say. Um, for as long as I've been able to say them, the Lord's intervention through the prayer of the saints, you know, I, I totally believe that. So I don't say that near enough, and I apologize. I get really focused in on this stuff, and and um, I don't do that enough. So uh, anyway, let's let's go back to this. Okay, uh, if one Ebola patient shows up at a hospital emergency room, now we just played the video of the one person from Liberia. Now they shut down that hospital. Okay, right on cue. If one Ebola patient shows up at a hospital emergency room, that one patient potentially has the ability to get the entire hospital shut down and quarantined to the spread of the virus. Well, they're they're putting like yellow crime scene tape around the hospital. It showed the police doing it. It's true. One person could throw a whole sec- a whole city, a big city, into total panic, panic and chaos. That's not good. You know. I have been told that Ebola care will quickly try, meaning like Obamacare, Ebola care will quickly try and prevent Ebola victims from coming to the hospitals. Ebola care will quickly come to consist of phoning in your symptoms, and that very soon after the pandemic outbreak, hospitals will be closed to random walk-in traffic. This is designed to turn away Ebola patients. If a patient has Ebola-type symptoms, the hospital will order the patient to stay at home, take comfort medication, uh, as much as available, and as I've learned, proxy forces under the control of human health and services will then show up at your residence and transport both the Ebola sufferers and their presumably infected family to the FEMA camps facilities. If someone presents with no Ebola symptoms, meaning something like tonsillitis, they will be instructed to come to the hospital and enter through a makeshift biohazard zone where they will be screened for the virus before they are allowed to proceed into the hospital for treatment. Let me tell you something. The hospitals are the last place on the world you would want to be or that you would want to inform. Okay, I'm just telling you, that's my opinion. I'm not saying there's not a time and a place, but I'm saying with this scenario, they are going to be most likely, from what I'm seeing, from from all the indicators, they're most likely going to be the uh, very instrument of your destruction and doom. You know, uh, just look at this scenario that I'm talking about right now. When Ebola is out in the open and there's no denying that it has spread to every state and threatens the very existence of this country, the American people will begin to take notice of some very sobering policy shifts. Before one can legally transport Ebola patients to death camps and await the inevitable, the public must be reassured that the rule of law is being followed. This has to do with them coming out smelling like a rose. This has to do with them getting us to put up with all of their illegal activity and all of the staging that's being done right now to try to ensure that, that they have the most amount of compliance from the Americans as possible. They want to, like, appear, we're the good guys. We're doing what's best for the country. Okay? When Ebola strikes, the changes in handling of the Ebola patients have already been planned for three series of legal actions, most of them executive orders. For example, the executive order entitled Revised List of Quarantinable Communicable Diseases amends Executive Order 132, 
955, passed by George W. Bush, April 2003, which allows for the apprehension, detention, and conditional release of individuals. And Ebola is specifically mentioned. Now, that was the one George Bush put through, 2003. Obama's executive order, entitled Revised List of Quarantinable Communicable, Communicable Diseases, oh, Quarantinable Communicable Diseases, amends Bush's executive order, which allows for quote, the apprehension, detention, or conditional release of individuals to prevent the introduction, transmission, or spread of suspected communicable diseases. Even though President Bush has specifically mentioned Ebola as an illness which would permit the authorities to utilize forced quarantines, Obama takes this portion of the executive order to a whole new level, because, you know, he's got to be more evil than all of his predecessors. Obama has granted his administration the authority to detain in any manner deemed necessary any person who demonstrates any degree of respiratory stress. This means people with non-infectious asthma could be detained. And with, if people are in full panic mode and they see the neighbor with any type of cough, they may be, you know, everybody's going to be narking each other out probably to, to, to save their own skin. I hate to say that, but I think a lot of people are going to really go into that mode. A lot of people. Not everybody. But um, the way human nature goes, and as self-centered as so many people are, I could see that happening quite a bit. When the forced transport of Ebola patients begins to occur, relatively healthy people will be joining them in this death parade march. Meaning, somebody that, that like, let's say they had a chest cold or asthma. Oh, doesn't matter. You're going... The operational details will be covered later in this article. In the event of a pandemic, the Secretary of Health and Human Services, or HHS, will assume operational control of federal emergency public health and medical response. In the event of a pandemic outbreak, the HHS will order the quarantining of Ebola sufferers and the transport of the same to detainment camps. The mass transport of Ebola victims to quarantine camps is referred to as, quote, ambulance services and is a euphemism for transporting sick sick people to a death camp. I have found evidence supporting these claims in the federal document entitled Emergency Support Function No. 8, ESF No. 8, Public Health and Medical Services Annex. This document can be accessed by Googling, and I don't recommend Google, I recommend StartPage or ixquick.com through uh, those, their private search engines. Anyway, um, ESF, Excuse me, sorry. Oh no, I've got Ebola. Oh, sorry. Um, Googling ESF number 8. And you will arrive at the following listing. A PDF will appear, which says emergency support function number 8, public health and medical. This whole document that I'm reading from is also referenced. Anyway, then it says, under this PDF, it says Federal Emergency Management Agency, ESF 8, establishing the National Ambulance Contract which is designed to provide support for evacuating seriously ill or injured patients. HHS will enlist the VA and Department of Defense assets in the military in support of providing transportational assets, operating and staffing NDMS federal coordination centers, and processing and tracking patient movements from collection points to their final death destination. Their final destination reception facilities. Sorry, I put in the death part. According to ESF 
number eight document, the DOD is the only recognized federal partner responsible for regulating and tracking patients transported on DOD assets to appropriate treatment facilities, i.e., NDMS hospitals. However, other agencies may assist with isolation and quarantining measures with the point of distribution operations, um, meaning mass prophylaxis and mass prophylaxis and vaccination. The ESF-8 document leads to to some disturbing revelations. The Ebola detainment centers have no real medical facilities. And they're showing a picture here of like this medical tent with just like little beds that are literally on the ground. Basically, they would just bring you in there, throw you on a bed, and let you die. Most likely. Uh, Look at the partnering the participating partners in this hospital detainment centers of the EFS-8 document. Supporting agencies are Department of Agriculture, Commerce, Defense, Energy, uh, Homeland Security, Interior, uh, Justice, Labor. Now, when I say that, it's Department of Labor, Department of Justice. Okay. Uh, Department of State, Transportation, Veterans Affairs, Environmental Protection Agency, General Services Administration, U.S. Agency for International Development, U.S. Postal Service, and American Red Cross. In the above list of Ebola detainment centers, I don't see the CDC or the National Institutes of Health listed, nor do I see any legitimate medical organizations. I don't even see the presence of any volunteer medical organizations such as Doctors Without Borders. Does anyone else find it disturbing that the transport of the very sick people will be conducted and the endpoint is devoid of any medical treatment organizations and or facilities? Meaning you're going there to die. If you get if you get in the, the van or the bus or whatever or the ambulance, you're going there to your death. These are not treatment facilities. These are places you can go where you can die and they can get all of, all of your stuff and then they can, um, um, probably that's exactly what will happen. They'll probably bill you and take everything you've got. And your family will die because they're going to be considered exposed as well. So, uh, listen, the Georgia Guidestones, they're, they're serious about that. What better way to depopulate America than this? I don't know of a better way. In my opinion, these facilities are death camps. There are not there's not one shred of evidence that these camps are intended to treat or even make comfortable people who will contact contract Ebola or be exposed to Ebola. The most disturbing thing is that these camps could also be death camps for relatively healthy people. What about the red and blue lists that we've heard so much about for so many years? What if you're totally healthy, and guess what? You're on the red and blue list. You're just one of the ones they pick up along the way. They can say about you whatever they want to say. Well, John knows I'm not sick. Yeah, John does, but you know what? All the communications are cut off. Okay? And there's not the internet, there's not Facebook anymore, there's not none of that. They can come get you, and if John knows what's good for him, he'll keep his mouth shut, or he might end up on that, too. They come get you and your whole family because you're on the list. Maybe they have a different place they take you to. But it's a just a diabolically, satanically brilliant way 
of doing mass roundups all under the guise of Ebola. Because they can always say, oh, well, we had inside information that they, they had Ebola. So I'm taking this one step further than even Dave Hodges is. I see this as the, if you were Satan and you were going to strike, and you strike while the iron's hot, this is when to do it. When mass hysteria is at a peak, when people are willing to sell their souls in order to get whatever cure, and they're not, they're going to look the other way, right and left, to save their own skin. You're going to see the worst of the worst come out in humanity at large. You're going to really see who true Christians are and who the pretenders are. Got a feeling Smiley Joel Osteen's congregation probably isn't going to do so well. In the aggregate, in in the in, in you know, if you look at this in the long term, with how they handle this, don't think old Smiley Joel has actually prepared his congregation to actually face anything like this. You know, just I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong. It could be crazy, but don't think it's going to happen. If you are a person who is unlikely enough to be discovered to have asthma or merely be temporarily suffering from congestion in one's lungs from allergies or a simple cold, and you could find yourself in one of the federally approved ambulance services, bus, plane, or train, and headed to your final destination. And again, he didn't even mention the red and blue list. You know. Here's pictures of those those car, those train cars. This is the same picture I had in my presentation from 06 on the uh, train cars they've got set up with shackles in them. Supposedly a guillotine. Some of them have guillotines in them. Organ harvesting. Red and blue list, if you're healthy and you don't have Ebola, well, then that comes down to organ harvesting with the guillotine. They poison you, all the organs are poison. Organ harvesting is a huge, huge thing across the planet. You know? You know, listen, I know this is like worst case scenario. This is like, you know, and again, that's why I said what I said at the very beginning. Because I knew I was going to be getting into this today. And I'm giving you from A to Z, pretty much, I think how we we could potentially, what we could, could potentially be looking at. And from a spiritual component, particularly if you look at the start of my study today, what we can do spiritually about it. So let's go further. Okay, so here we're going to be listening to a clip from Alex Jones. And again, I've issued many warnings about Alex Jones over the years. Uh, but this is a guy, a caller that called in. And this is entitled, Ebola was an insider job. Was an inside job. And I, I think he brings up some valid points. Very, very confirming to the things that we've just talked about as well. From FEMA Region 6. I, I'm in former Texas. That's in FEMA Region 6. Uh, what former state are you in, insider? I'm in former state text. I uh, work for the regional agency in uh, formerly known as San Antonio, Texas. Oh. I, one of my duties is public health emergency preparedness planning. The reason I know the Ebola outbreak is being conducted on purpose is it violates all protocols. I used to be involved in the Hurricane Katrina and Rita response of the evacuees. I also was involved in planning for smallpox outbreaks in Bear County. The proper response would be the National Guard would seal off Bear County. Law enforcement and emergency services would redirect the population to all hospitals, churches, and other government agencies where they would be screened. If they were sick, they would be isolated at a former military base until the sickness had passed or they died. 
everyone else would be forcibly vaccinated. There would be no exceptions and no travel in and out of Bear County. So the fact that they're allowing people... But again, there's no vaccine for it. How are you going to forcibly vaccinate everyone when there's no vaccine? ...to travel into the United States, and they are not locking down the city of Dallas, tells me this is by design. So so in other words, it's all by design to spread this, to spread Ebola. Everything they've done, all of the botching that I got into last week, I mean, it's it's obviously being done on purpose so that this does spread. Sir, I I don't need to be an emergency manager like you to know that because that's always been the default uh, in the United States Department. Now, who do you think has a nicer voice, though? I mean, let's let's be, okay, come on, little poll. Me or Alex Jones? I mean, I, I know, I don't... I don't have that really big-time, gravelly voice, that, that soothing, melodious, wonderful voice that he has. But, you know, I mean, I got a little bit of game. I don't know. I, just a little poll there. I kind of wanted to throw that in. Department of Homeland Security, Federal Emergency Management Agency National you know, Program manuals, but, but people do tend to listen to experts. We'd love to get your... Your perspective on this, what are your colleagues saying? It's always been default protocol, don't let people with Ebola fly in. It's always been quarantine countries that have a major outbreak, as everybody else has done. It's always been, don't bring Ebola patients into the U.S., treat them in third-party countries or on ships. Why do you think the defaults have been brought off, and what are your colleagues saying? My colleagues are saying that the travel should have been ceased, that the outbreak should have been contained in Africa, uh, through the military, through the United Nations, and whatever other agencies would help contain it. Uh, the fact that it's being allowed to travel to the United States is insane. The fact that the emergency operations have not been activated is insane. And this is on purpose and by design. Now, there's a guy that's in the system that is unequivocally stating that this is on purpose, by design. Again, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, a thing is established. All we've heard today is confirmation and proof, and in previous studies, that all of this is totally by design. And I feel guilty every minute that I'm not up here freaking out more. Uh, I mean, I don't know what we do, though, when we have a criminal federal government that just, whatever's evil, you can guess they're going to do it. How are they going to get away with it when this starts, God forbid, spreading everywhere? How will they get away with opening it up to do this? I, I just don't understand it. There are many competent people in the CDC, the military, and emergency management offices that need to blow the whistle. Uh, it, they're being ordered to stand down from the top. Clearly, Rick Perry would score a billion political points and do the right thing if he had come out last Wednesday at that press conference, two days after it was announced, the day after it was announced, and said, ladies and gentlemen, the president needs to cease flights or at least put heavy screening in on West African uh, flights inbound to the United States. None of that's done. Bobby Jindal finally yesterday came out and on Friday came out and said exactly what I've been saying. Why is he the only one saying the default common sense thing? Meaning ban travel from Ebola nations is what he's talking about Bobby Jindal. I think there's a large amount of corruption. I think a large amount of government officials are either being blackmailed or are part of the system. They need to wake up. I hear you. And, and, and I guess the American people have green-lighted the establishment doing over-the-top stuff like this because they never get in trouble. They never get in trouble for the bad stuff they do. And I'm fed up. I mean, my, nobody in my family better get this. 
Because I am just, and all these kids getting sick and dying. I mean, what is he going to do if they do? I mean, like, you know, three-state killing spree? I mean, what, what is he going to do if that happens? And if they got vaccinated with these mystery respiratory illnesses? I mean, I have had enough. And the establishment needs to know, we know who to blame here. Bare minimum, they stood down on purpose. It's incredible. Thank you for the call. So evil. So crazy. So out of control. Why? Why, why, why? Well, because we got a bunch of exterminists, genocidalists, eugenicists that run things. I mean, that's who they are. That's their club. Remember the ABC News headline five years ago? Super rich meet in secret to discuss how to reduce population. Bella Melinda Gates, Ted Turner, Prince Charles, all of them. And they all got a bunch of kids and, like, have the biggest footprint you can imagine. They're a bunch of greedy elitists that think we're a bunch of dumb scum that deserve to die. And you know what? We act like dumb scum. They announce what they're going to do everywhere, and then we just say, oh, thank you. Let me buy my granny a teacup with the British family on it. I mean, they're not even British. They're Transylvanian. Anyway, um, so that was that was that little report there. And let's go further. Breaking news. National Institutes of Health says we may need to vaccinate the whole country. So again, they're conditioning us mentally for this concept of mass vaccination of the whole country. Uh, Really, mass, the key word would be mandatory vaccination. Two days ago, and again, why on God's green earth does it matter if if I don't want to get a vaccine? Okay? And you get the vaccine and you're protected from Ebola. Why, why, why are you worrying about me? You can't get it, right? You're protected. If I'm quarantined in my house, I'm not going to... Well, it doesn't work that way. It's all about taking away your rights so that you have no options. And it's all about control. And so Satan, what he's trying to do is just keep trying to paint us further and further and further into a corner. Through this satanic system. Two days ago, Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the U.S. National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Diseases, told the Canadian press that, quote, it's quite conceivable, if not likely, that the fast-track Ebola vaccines may have, have to be given to entire countries to get the viral outbreak under control via modern health care. See, these are being fast-tracked as it is. January is, is, is the earliest date I've heard that they could actually be approved, and then supposedly you'd have to manufacture them. Billions of potential doses. If they're going to vaccinate the whole world, I would imagine that would be the plan. You know, get everybody good and dead. I don't believe God's going to let that happen. But, you know, uh, this is what they're saying. This is what they're trying to get us in the mindset of, of accepting. Now, one comment about this read, this was from the VaccineLiberationArmy.com, this article. One comment about this report read, wow, a boon for the pharmaceutical industry. It always, it's, it is always about money and control. How many years have they been trying to find a reason to force vaccinations on us? Remember, they can also chip people at the same time, which is also their agenda. Remember I said about the injectable nanochips? You know what? When I talked about Baxter, and bear before when when that that whole thing happened that we referenced earlier, they were saying at the last stage of quality control they can actually insert microchips into the tip of the needle. It's the first thing that goes in you if the needle's big enough. 
where they can actually vaccinate you and microchip you with a viable microchip at the same time. I'm not saying it's the mark of the beast, but I'd treat it like the mark of the beast. They've got that technology. And now, as technology gets better and better, they can make the microchip smaller and smaller to where you might not even be aware of it. These are microchips that literally can turn you into a cyborg. No, not can, will. What's the big What's the big push with like humanity right now, bringing us from the old world order into the new world order? Well, we will be as gods. Okay? What's the big... Well, we have to become cyborgs. We have to become part machine and part human in order to take our next step and in in the, in the next logical step in our evolutionary... Evolution of Darwinism. This is our next step to godhood. And part of that is becoming a cyborg. Eventually having our consciousness downloaded into a mainframe. Where we don't have to worry. Where we'll we'll literally be a, a robot. That won't work. You'll just plunge straight into hell. Rude awakening. But... That's where this... I've reported on this at length in the past. This whole post-humanism movement. The human 2.0. Like the upgrade. It's going to be nothing but a downgrade into the pit of hell. They want this to happen because, you know, Jesus didn't come to save cyborgs. He came to save human beings. I'm not sure how, if you were saved and you took something like this, and I'm not saying it's the mark of the beast, how that would affect you. But you know what? I really don't want to take any chances on that one. Really don't want to. If you're part machine, part wicked evil machine, and they can control you via the microchip, well, then that's not a good scenario from a biblical standpoint. You're not fully even human anymore. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing this out there. So, they can send fre- when you get chipped, they can send frequencies to your brain to make the body get sick. Turn you into a zombie or make you docile enough to never resist again. Oh, come on now. Turn into a zombie. Well, listen. I don't know what they've got on the horizon. All I can tell you is that if you look at the sheer number of zombie movies and shows they have released in the last 15 years alone, it is absolutely beyond overwhelming. You've got that zombie show, uh, whatever it's called, on on uh, AMC, The Walking Dead. Their new season starts tonight. Season number five. More zombies and gore than ever from, from the trailer that I watched. They're conditioning us on that. Was I in Legend? What was that all about? They got vaccinated, some rabies, measles-based vaccine, and they all turn into zombies? Yeah, they're cancer-free zombies, but hey, everything has its drawbacks, I guess. Um, hmm, yeah, all the rabies packets they're dropping for the animal, indigenous animals in so many different states to supposedly vaccinate them. Huh, it's all rabies-based, and, and this new Ebola vaccine is going to have some rabies-based component? Huh. Wow, it's kind of weird how that all figures in with the whole zone. I, I reported on this at length. Trying to tie it all together is like trying to like have 49 Titanics and tie them together at once. It's, it's so vast. I've reported on this in so many different studies over, really over the last two to three years. It's impossible for me to even try to tie it together almost. But I know this. Something truly evil regarding this coming vaccine in particular, is afoot. 
And then he says they can also dial in the chips to make you docile enough to never resist again. Another good point. The the possibilities are endless and they know it. That is exactly why they keep coming up with this garbage to force vaccinations. If they can chip us all, they won't need to take our guns. Great point. Really great point. Next report. And I think, yes, the last report. Alert. Federal government may seize and shut down all internet sites that don't push vaccines during a national public emergency. I've already talked about this. This is just further confirmation. This is also from Natural News. If you aren't saving the articles, downloading important MP3 audio files, and printing off vital information that might save your life in a pandemic, really, yeah, printing out the docs is, I mean, you need a hard copy. You, you cannot trust a USB flash drive. Obviously, the audio files can't do that. Um, but you can, like, my doc uh, that was uh, tacked onto the end of last week's teaching on the things. The, the stuff that I had this week on bleach and the um, other chemical I talked about. Those are things that are good to have on hand. Because um, you can't possibly remember it all. I can't remember it all. Stuff's coming at me so fast, I can't remember it all. And um, hard copy is really the only way to ensure that. But if you don't do this stuff that might save your life during a pandemic outbreak, you may find yourself completely cut off from all alternative healthcare information on the web. Under the executive order signed by President in 2012, the U.S. federal government, I mean, hey, if it's evil, you know Obama's going to be behind it. Uh, the U.S. federal government now has the authority to seize and shut down all private websites which do not promote vaccines and pharmaceuticals. During the coming Ebola pandemic, the government expects to sweep across America. The order claims total federal authority over all communications, including granting the government the ability to seize private facilities such as web server farms, amateur radios, printing presses, and all forms of communication. In response to signing of this order, the Electronic Privacy Information Center or EPIC, issued this dire warning. The White House has released a new executive order seeking to ensure the continuity of government communications during a national emergency. The executive order now grants new powers to the Department of Homeland Security, including the ability to collect certain public communications um, information. Under the executive order, the White House has also granted the Department of the authority to seize private facilities when necessary, effectively shutting down or limiting civilian communications. In, so in other words, the U.S. federal government now has the authority to seize and shut down all private websites which do not promote vaccines and pharmaceuticals during the coming Ebola pandemic the government expects to sweep across America. See, they're really going to want to control the narrative. That's why this time we have now is really crucial and precious in that regard because I don't know how much longer we're going to have this, <laughs> what I'm doing right now. And the website, and, and I just don't know how much longer it's going to exist. If Again, if we made it to the end of the year, I think it'd be a miracle. I mean, if Ebola didn't get much worse, okay, I could see that. But if it really starts to explode, and people really go into full freak-out mode, panic. I mean, look at the one hospital we just talked. It's, it's on lockdown right now. Well, it's one patient. I mean, I, I can't even imagine... Billions of lives are at stake around the world, and the governments of the world seem to deliberately want as many people to die as possible in a pandemic, which is precisely why no government will dare test colloidal silver, vitamin C, and D, selenium, and medicinal herbs as an Ebola treatment. Many observers are convinced the government 
the governments don't want to stop Ebola, which is precisely why the international response has deliberately been slow, practically guaranteeing a continued explosion of the pandemic. Ebola, AIDS manufactured by Western Pharmaceuticals, U.S. Department of Defense, this is the name of this report, declares that it a headline of a fascinating news story authored by Liberian scientists. That story goes on to explain that Ebola is a genetically modified organism and testing has been secretly been done and taken place in Africa. This report also states the World Health Organization and several other UN agencies have been implicated in selecting and enticing African communities to participate in these testing events. You look at that show, um, The Constant Gardener, really weird name, it gets into this in depth, how they target and entice the um, black populations in these third world African countries. They give them a carrot in exchange for basically them testing whatever they're going to... They're beta testing these African populations. These these black African populations because they're viewed by world government as beyond useless eaters because of their skin color, essentially. And, and that's how wicked they are. Okay? And, and this is why so much of that testing's went on in Africa. Because they can get away, it's, it's like it was in 1918, 1919. The, the communications over there, I mean, granted, it's not that bad, but I mean, it's, it's nothing near what it is like over here. Where things are under, like, higher scrutiny. And, and things of that nature. So they can get away with a lot more. Over there. And that show, The Constant Gardener, gets into that, into that whole, I'm not saying watch it, I'm just saying that, that, um, the plot line, if you look at the plot line, if you just go up to, like, Wikipedia and look at the plot line, you, you could just read that, you know, and it's exactly about this thing that we're talking about here. The author declares he, he continues by warning, African leaders in African countries need to take the lead in defending babies, children, African women, African men, and the elderly. These citizens do not deserve to be used as guinea pigs. It's already too late in that regard. They've been used as guinea pigs for decades. In so many different ways. And now, Satan is pretty much finally ready to really ramp it up and take all that they've learned in these African countries and elsewhere and now apply it on a global level. And I believe this Ebola is is what they would like to do that with. And this is what their plan is. If he's right and the U.S. government is deliberately using African children and adults as human guinea pigs to test genetically engineered bioweapons, do you really think that the same government wouldn't shut down a few web servers that are trying to tell the people the truth? I believe that'll be one of the first things that'll go. You'll see conservative talk radio go, probably. You're going to see the internet go. You're going to see information lockdown. Um, which will, in a lot of people's minds, only confirm to them that these guys are finally implementing their wicked, evil agenda. And I'm, I'm hoping what that'll mean is massive, massive, massive pushback that they're not anticipating. And that's why I'll, I'm, I'm going to close this out in a word of prayer regarding this matter. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day, this time that you've given us. Letting us uh, come together again, Lord, to, to go over this information, Lord. This incredibly dark time that 
it appears that we're facing that could be in the very, very near future. For a lot of Christians, though, Lord, they've they've been martyred throughout the ages. They've they've or they're on the verge of being martyred now, maybe in the Middle East by ISIS or North Korea or China or in African countries or elsewhere. So for a lot of people, they may be facing death right now. And I pray you bless them, Lord. You bless your remnant. You strengthen them, Lord. You deliver them. You provide for them. That you give us guidance, Lord, in the days and times ahead. That we're attentive to your voice. That we do hear the voice of the Holy Spirit clearly. If we're supposed to go, we go. If we're supposed to stay, we stay. That we're obedient to whatever you tell us to do. And that you use us mightily, Lord, regarding these end times. To help other people, Lord. To be a servant to others. To help lead other people to the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray you forgive us for any and all sins we've committed. As we forgive those who have sinned against us. And that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. That you, God, you've heard all these wicked plans that we have talked about today and in in other teachings. um, Regarding so many things, God, but in, in regard to Ebola, in regard to this illegal alien invasion, in regard to all of the things that Satan is planning that the Illuminati, that the world government is planning in order to bring us from this old world order into the new world order, in order to implement a one world government under the Antichrist and false prophet. I know, Lord, that has to happen. But, Lord, at the same time, I don't see Bible for 90% of the population dying prior to the tribulation starting. And I just pray to God, whatever wicked plans that they have, Lord, regarding this, I just pray to God you would just annihilate. We pray, Lord, that you annihilate their wicked, evil plans, and expose them. But not only, Lord, expose them. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive. Give that to the masses, that they wake up, Lord, that they see their lost estate, that they see how wicked the wickedness that is coming toward them, and that that, that humbles them, that they would get saved, and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And that they would bear much fruit as a result of that. That they would not be a lukewarm Christian. That we would not be lukewarm Christians, Lord. And you would use this event to actually snare Satan in his own plan. That what, all of the wickedness that they intended for humanity, that, would, that it would literally come back on the wicked. That everything they're planning would backfire on them, Lord. That they would not be able to implement this wickedness. That every vaccine that they would even attempt to inject, that everything in those vaccines would be inert. That they, that they, they would be like water. I pray, Lord God, ahead of time, if it be your will, and nevertheless not our will, but yours be done, if it be your will, you would do these things, Lord, that you would intervene in these situations, that you would Get open the eyes of the blind, Lord, regarding these matters, regarding their lost estate, which is the most important thing. And that ultimately many would get saved and that your name be glorified. I pray you open the eyes of the body of Christ, the ones that don't have any clue about this. Or the, or, or even the eyes of, of, of the, I don't know, people that are pursuing righteousness, but they're doing it in their own efforts. I pray for their souls, Lord. 
For it's your will that none would perish and that all would come to repentance. I just pray, God, you save their souls. You open our eyes. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.